0: You are now listening to the Nubbills Fed Podcast! Cheers! With your hosts, David Palermo and Adam Beacon. Find us online at nubbillsfed.com Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast for November 28th, 2016. It's a Monday. It's your dog, Dave. Find me on Twitter at Numb Bills Fan. Find the guy, co-host, Adam Deacon, across from me on Twitter as well. Where can they find your dog? Numb Bills Adam D. That's Numb Bills If you're listening, Adam you probably D.
1: already knew that, though. What's up, everybody? Check what, is, what do we got? Episode our- 96?
0: <laughs> Arguments everywhere, social media, people going crazy over the quarterback again. It's another day of Bill's football. Like, what do you know? There's fans alive. Yay. But I'll be honest. This week is a little intro before we take care of some uh, family business. Uh, oh, wait. We got to do the intro music. Oh,
1: that's like the, like, you lost music from fucking uh Price is Right. Just, just go. Just run.
0: So... The quarterback kind of bothered me this time, and I never let Tyrod bother me. At least in the first half, I was like, what's going on? I think I agree with a lot of these people now. He, these routes are breaking, and I'm not saying that everybody's open. But he's clearly not seeing guys or seeing receivers a little frustrated, but we'll di- we'll dive into that. You You got Yo. some heat on social media, right?
1: Oh, yeah, man. I mean... I got, you know, I got blocked by a couple people yesterday. It's 49ers fan kid that I used to work with at one of the places I made donuts. He was talking shit all day, and then you know Miami smashed his team. Bills did their thing.
0: We're getting no help from the AFC or <laughs> oh, NFC know, teams man. at all, like at all. Uh, and you got you got Miami winning the game in like the very last minute. Two, two yo, weeks in a row. Did you see
1: that hit on Kaepernick though?
0: No, I saw nothing. Yo, at all. Kiko bent him
1: backwards. Really? It was brutal. That's a legend of Kiko. Yo, I mean, fuck him for being a dolphin, but yo, hats off to him on that play. He 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 should be like charged with attempted murder right now. It was that. It was that hard.
0: It man. was that dirty. It was that. Hard. Did he get flagged for it?
1: No, no. I mean, it was a clean hit. He tackled him. Oh, wow. i saying, like...
0: If you don't know, com has all of our previous podcasts. Um, we put out at least two a week. And we have a Facebook live show. Every Wednesday at 7. Yeah. yeah. And every, every week we have an article up. Uh, Scott Campbell... Throws an, an article up every week. Living and, uh, legend. Living legend Scott Campbell 13 on Twitter and on Instagram. He's pretty legit. So Hell
1: check yeah, him out.
0: Is. Also, Wednesday nights, Facebook.com, Bills fan, 7 p.m. We go live. We talk. Do we know what we're talking about? No. But if you've made it this eh, far, sometimes you don't know what you're talking about. See? You don't even know what you're talking about.
1: When you look at the data, people enjoy what we're doing, all right?
0: Okay, if you want to crunch the numbers and you like what we're doing here, Wednesday, Facebook.com, Numbills fan, come interact.
1: Right. We're not we're not gonna give you like the super detailed pro football focused breakdown of every single player or anything like that. We're fan we're we're slightly well, I don't want to say got, casual because we're like, I mean, look at us. We're, we're
0: fans who get all the information. Does that make sense? And then talk about it. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, we're, yeah, we're, we're not I mean, going to come in here and make We an absorb this argument. all
1: day, every day. We're, we're, we're listening to these radio shows. We're reading every article we can find. Twitter, Facebook. We're all over the place just like, what are the Bills doing? Who, yeah. Who's up next? Like, what's this team? Like, We're we're over here doing our homework. So, like. But at the end of the day, like we just came into this like two dudes that really love the Bills, you know. We're not trying to we're not trying to be pro analysts over here. We're just trying to be ourselves, but like you know, tell you some Bills stuff too. It's pretty dope.
0: I look at it like we're we're more objective than most of the sources that you're gonna get your information from, and that's the truth because the whole reason this thing got started is I personally disagree with a lot of people out there. I I don't think it's as bad as it needs to be for the Buffalo Bills. I think that the drought really weighs on a lot of things. Unfortunately, we don't have any patience, but really you need to have patience. So one thing's the the, the Bills haven't done is have continuity. Well, the Bills want to sell tickets. They got this and that going, or they're gonna clean house, or. It's like they have to sell the team for the next year to get people to sign back up. But I firmly believe that a lot of times I think those voices do get heard too much. I really do. And you've got idiots out there who co- who cover this team for, for over three decades or within three decades. I'm not going to mention any names. And I'm giving you the look like don't even do it because I might want to work with them one day or where they work, so I'm not going to shit on them. But I will say, I just think it's a lot of people do this job without passion. And I don't even want to call what we do a job, but they they cover and report on the bills where it's like they already have pre-written articles ready to go up and they just fill in the blanks and it's really sad. It's really pathetic. And we're not here to do that. We're not here to tell you that quarterback is going to get people back. Or 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 is an issue every time because it's an easy talking point. It really is. But I think there's a lot more things that get involved. And when you win games, you can find many reasons why you won. When you lose games, you can find many reasons why you lost. And and when you got think,
1: one coming up on the schedule, you can find a way to talk yourself into believing or disbelieving that this team can pull it off.
0: Right. I look at it like our our objective example was to go into this game with a win. Okay. Going to this game with a win, the Bills need to win twice. Well, the Bills just won twice, and they won ugly. But guess what? It's a win. And everybody wants to see a sustainable model of winning. I just care about the winning part. Let's figure it out as we win. They're still going to break down the film. So don't forget to, by the way, and we'll pick up where we left off, punchdrunksports.com. It's a sports podcast. There's three comedians on there. I don't think they, like, go out of their way to try to be funny. It's just an unfiltered sports podcast, really. It's just press record. Yo, so. I
1: always feel like it's like a slap in the face every time we're like, nah, don't even think of it as, like, comedian. Because, like, yo.
0: It's that, funny as it's, hell. It's it's their,
1: it is their craft. Like, they are stand-up comedians and shit. But, like, they're not doing their act on this podcast. They're doing.
0: They're just being themselves. They're now doing they, the same thing we are. And I like comedians because they're very objective people. They they A lot of them look at things at all sides of the coin, and it's almost like, to me, comedians are the guys that, wait, this is what's wrong with that. I'm kind of intelligent. Why is that happening? You know, so for them to talk unfiltered about sports, punchtrunksports.com, at Punch Drunk. We are there. They're starting up a sports network and a podcast from comedians and we are officially for them the buffalo bills podcast the, the team that covers the bills or the team the podcast that covers the bills for them and it's got sam Tripoli. you can find him on twitter jason tebow you can find him on twitter and the great irish Shafir. he's got an awesome podcast as well so check out all three of those guys and um, yeah, no, seriously, they're fucking funny. And they got they, they're all over YouTube. Go check any of these dudes out
1: on YouTube.
0: And the Bills are playing the Raiders coming up, so our next podcast we will have. I don't want to jinx it, jinx, but we will have Sam Tripoli come on. So that should be pretty rad. That's uh, be very fucking
1: amazing. Yeah, man.
0: very flattered to have that. So um, that should be cool. He's a Raiders fan, and uh, they go back and forth about the yeah, they got, all the time. They got
1: a lot to be happy about right now they got a lot to be excited about and you know what i said this i said this on uh social media somewhere this weekend that watching that raiders team that's the shit that keeps me hopeful as a bills fan their their turnaround that they had in oakland that's the shit that keeps me hopeful as yeah a bills
0: last fan. i checked they have how many wins nine nine and two dog. yeah and i look at it like the bills just what we were talking about Let's dive right back into it. We can win ugly. We can win looking great. But at the same time, it's like, when you look back at Oakland, are you like, well, they're 9-2, and two, yada, yada, yada. You know how many ugly games I feel the Patriots have won over the years? A lot. Where they were outplayed, but they just pull it out. And that's uh, what the...
1: Yesterday? Can we talk about that one? That shit even... was ugly. Yo, I mean, they were this close, and... If for those who are listening, my fingers are pretty close together. They are. Um, they were this close, man. To get, to losing to the Jets. Now, I mean, I don't want to get. I don't want to sound. I don't want discredit these dudes because yo, they beat us week two in our own house. I was there. It was
0: yeah, depressing. but with a way healthier team.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then I'm not. I'm not here to split hairs about it. But I'm saying we lost that game. But yo, I mean, they almost. They almost took Tom Brady down yesterday. I mean, they were, again, right there.
0: Just win, baby, as Al Davis would say from the Raiders. That's really the truest statement ever. Every Everybody wants to see, and I really feel, um, I've said it before, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll really bring it up again. Um, I could be totally absurd here, but back in the day, All right, Bills fans, in the 90s, you really just had the newspaper and whatever you saw on the news, some sports center, ESPN, whatever. But there really wasn't the amount of detail and talking heads on the team as there has been as we get more and more into social media.
1: Oh, yeah, any douchebag with a couple of microphones and a laptop, they can throw (laughs) their take right out there.
0: Yeah, or you could be like episode one and not even have – I need mics to just do open mic into yeah. the MacBook.
1: Yeah, no co host just, talk, just
0: talking to yourself. Yeah, but you don't sound broke as fuck when you say MacBook. Or is the thing there? MacBook Pro. Or that. So
1: Don't ask me what year it is. <laughs> it's, embar- it's newer than my car, though. So
0: I look at it hey. like there's a lot of influence for fans out there, and they could sway wherever they want. And what I feel the media has created, which is the truth, because we hear GMs talk about it and coaches talk about it. Well, as you know, comma, it is a passing league. What that has created is a bunch of guys who, and fans, and and women, children, of the like, it's created a thing where if you don't have the quote-unquote franchise quarterback you're not going to win. But what you need to do is you need to understand how the game of football began. And really, the roots of the game of football it's a lot of guys, from what I've heard through the grapevine, who came home from war and they needed stuff to do. And, you know, it's a big game in college for years. And I could be totally off base talking about out of my ass. But it's a really hard-nosed, grind-nosed sport. And and it's really softened up over the years, thankfully, in a way, because of the CTE things. Now, if you've ever put on a football helmet, I think they fit way too tight. And it's like... I think it's, like, crazy that... Yeah, it might take impact, but, like, it's still going directly against your head. And also, oh, by the way, like, your brain is just floating in liquid. And it's going to smash the side of your skull anyways. So... You can't really stop that forward momentum. Imagine being in a car, you hit a wall, you're still going to keep going. So I look at it like there's many things that happen in the league and and everything starts with the quarterback. you got to have a smart quarterback. And it's weird. You look at a guy like Peyton Manning in his prime or up until the last couple years of his playing career, and you're like, you know, this guy is what you want. Tom Brady that we know mostly recently is what you want. But a lot of people want to forget about Tom Brady, the game manager. They want to forget about those three Super Bowls. Tom Brady, the game manager. So I look at it like, uh, can we build off that? That's what we have here with Tyrod Taylor, where he's not turning the ball over. But you go to the stadium, he's throwing it around, and I think the media and and the influence of this statue that is just this, this precedent of franchise quarterback, this is the size of his hands, this is who he decides to have sex with, this is his background, he grows up in a good church family, he grows up religious. Cool. I personally don't then, give a shit if he you, scrapes turds for a living. Then you and you got, like, the fake drywall. rumors.
1: There was the whole, like, oh, Tyrod's Diamond Grill story. You remember that shit? Like, and he's like, yo, anyone who knows me knows that's not what I'm
0: speaking. I'll be honest. That's not where I was even going. But, no, I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: like, I'm just saying like that's so up in his business like it's not right. even funny like there's specu- there's like all this speculation on top of all the other stuff that you've already mentioned.
0: It's like can we just talk about like did they win how did they do it did he lead throws on the field yeah but last said checked, you're all pro running back busted the longest touchdown run of his career against the Jaguars it, it, his career and you're talking about a Verge Hall of Fame running back here that we have that Makes people miss that even if he only goes a yard or gets to the line of scrimmage, hey, I was entertained watching him run, and that's the truth.
1: Oh yeah, so so he's my favorite. He's my favorite running back we've had, maybe since Thurman. You got
0: Thurman Thomas giving him credit, and that dude's got a jacket. Um, yeah, I, I,
1: you know, I mean, I got a lot of love and respect for Fred Jackson, the dude, but yeah, I'll take LaShawn McCoy. (laughs)
0: For for sheer entertainment value, I'm taking Lashawn McCoy all day. Hmm. So as far as the, what I was saying about the quarterback thing is, I think it's it's really magnified more than it needs to be. And with the evolution of, uh, of social media in the fold and easier platforms to uh, to to do what we do, which is do a podcast, start your own block, start your own thing, I, I really feel that it brings something in the fold where. Everybody's still trying to chisel away at that quarterback with the right size hands, with the right measurables, with the uh, everything else. But people want to sleep on the Drew Breeses of the world. They want to say that you know, look at Jameis Winston, who is got awesome. You know, he he he's looking great as a rookie. But really, believe it or not, he doesn't. He I, I would take Tyrod because he doesn't. He's not throwing the ball as far as Tyrod Taylor either. You know what I mean? His his average yards aren't per per pass are not any higher than Tyrod Taylor. So it's like, you know, I kind of. It's almost like I feel like we got to go back to the roots, which is if you can. The game's always going to evolve. If it's a passing league. Now you got guys that when the Bills unveiled Brian Scott against the Patriots, what the Patriots do years ago, Brian Scott, um, (coughs) excuse me, he played, it's a hybrid guy. He was a safety and a linebacker could play both. And it was kind of neat, you know, but what was interesting is the Patriots just said, Oh, that's the personnel you're going to run now. We're just going to run the ball on you. And we've watched the Bills do that to a lot of teams because, The teams have adjusted across the league to all these receivers and being on the field and the quote-unquote passing league, and that's what's happened. The Bills usually, except for the first half of this first game, and, I mean, take out LaShawn McCoy's 75-yard run, by the way, against the Jaguars. It wasn't that good of a day rushing. But I will say that the league always evolves. And right now, the quarterback... He's protected. This is totally different. Right now, a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor, I'm almost wondering if the coaching staff tells him, all right, well, we got a third and manageable, or, oh, by the way, it's third down. Do whatever it takes. If that means you got a read and then you're out, you feel like you need to be out, then be out. Do your thing. But be smart about it. And we're still trying to find that quarterback, and I am too. I was at the game yesterday against the, against the Jaguars in the stadium. I was a little cold. And um, the first half, I was, like, staring at Tyrod. you I'm watching the whole play, and I'm staring at Tyrod, and I'm just counting Mississippis in my head, and I'm like, this dude needs to get rid of the ball. It's almost like a guy like Trent Edwards who – and I hate to put Trent Edwards and Tyrod in the same conversation, but – it was like Trent Edwards holding to the ball too long and doing nothing with it, except Tyrod Taylor can get out of trouble that, unfortunately, I think he creates a lot of it. Then all of a sudden, you got Sammy Watkins and what, a 62-yard bomb. And that is what we have been missing. And I think with Tyrod Taylor, I would still like to judge him with the full complement of players that we planned on having. And we haven't had that. So it's really hard for me to lead what way. I don't know what way to go. I would love the guy who can make all the throws. But if he's not turning the ball over, I think the team is doing enough. Because just look at the amount of points they put up. No, no,
1: you're absolutely right. And this game only further complicates this conversation. And it's already a long, drawn-out divisive conversation. If you look around on the Bills groups on on social media, it's like right down the middle, man. A lot of people love him, a lot of people want Would him you out. You want
0: to take a risk on a quarterback that that now has to build chemistry with all these other players again. And now he's got to get his first year under his belt. I'm so sick of hearing, well it's second year in the system and y you know what I want to hear? It's fourth year in the system. It's fifth year in the system. It's third year in the system. We're really refining now. We've taken a leap forward. There's been some guys. This is talking next year. I want to hear that in the off season, next off season. Look, we can't wait to build off of our playoff season or our 10-win season. Even though we didn't make the playoffs, we got 10 wins. I would be satisfied at 10 and 6. I can't complain. Yeah. I don't care how you cut it. I'm sorry. Call me a homer. They got to get in. It's true, but... Nah, Shit man, I is, mean,
1: we're not getting help. There's, there's a ton of stuff on both sides of this argument that are that are valid, and it it had me like yesterday. I'm sitting there like at the end of this game, just like thinking about it, and I feel like I'm that damn Kermit the Frog meme that's going around everywhere. Like I'm over, I'm over here like, yeah, Tyrod, three touchdowns, but then I got like the hooded me like. He only threw for 166 yards. That's not enough. This is a passing week. I'm like, but three touchdowns. He's averaging less than 200 yards a game. But he runs. We're the number one rushing defense. But we're blasting passing. I'm like, yo, come on. You know, I'm over here arguing with myself. I got some, like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde going on about Tyrod Taylor. I think he had
0: six games. Is it this season? Six games where he's had a, uh, a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. And and he's offering something that, that other quarterbacks don't bring to the table. And that's the truth is, yes, you can – I'm starting to go back on my statement about, hey, he misses these sacks, you know. He misses these sacks. But I think he gets in his own way sometimes, and it comes down to holding on to the ball because you see these receivers. One thing about being at the game is I get to watch the body language of these receivers and and all the other players after a play, during a play, and, and, and you know, you just get that classic hand slap, like, damn, like, come on, man. At the same time, um, you know, I, I think it's it's weird that the first half of these games, like, I don't know how the Bills are going to put up points. And then somehow they end up with 28. And in the beginning of the year, they were getting defensive touchdowns, a special teams touchdown, you know, pick six, uh, Aaron Williams had that touchdown off of the punt, you know, so... Uh, it, it's really, it's really, 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 really crazy because you can be on either side of the coin. It's just where are you starting? If you're starting from the created vision that is with the social media thing recently, which is, or I should say the last 10 years of football, which is you, actually more than that, shit, 20 now, I'm getting old, um, you need that yeah, franchise yeah. guy. You need that franchise guy. Everybody wants to Steve Young. Everybody wants to Montana. Everybody wants to whatever. But guess what? They have Matt Saffron in Detroit. Look at his stats. He puts up redonkulous numbers. You got Phillip Rivers. You got Matt Ryan. Show me the rings, baby. Where are the rings, okay? How about you even show me the fucking Super Bowl appearances with your Jay Cutler? Why don't you show me the appearances with these guys? Because it doesn't make the team. And what I'm trying to say here is... Todd Rod Taylor is putting up points. He is finding players. As many times as you're ready to just punch yourself in the dick, and you're like, I can't believe what's going on right now. I don't know why he didn't get rid of the ball. You're telling me he doesn't see anything, and, and now they're catching up to him and they're tripping him up? It's like, ah, uh, you don't know what to do, especially when you put on the Broncos, and you see Trevor Simeon there. He kind of has... He's not nearly Tyrod Taylor as far as shiftiness. But he gets out of trouble. He extends plays. And he finds a guy. He finds a guy. That's what I'm saying. That's what I wish Tyrod Taylor could do is just scramble out and find a guy. And Tom Brady's been doing that a lot, which is what we talked about a couple of pockets ago, which is scary, where Tom Brady's actually adding that element of getting out of trouble instead of just stepping in and out of a pocket. You don't see Tom Brady with legs that look like, Oh, I'm just going to straighten out because I'm, a, I'm that awesome. where I don't even need to have my knees super bent because I am so relaxed right here. I'm going to show you how much confidence I have in my pocket. I'm just going to stand here like nothing is going on. It's just a summer day. But, no, you're seeing Tom Brady actually like move around. and When you have a guy that smart who knows where his re- receivers are going to be, come on. I could see Tyrod Taylor figuring it out. But even if he doesn't figure it out, would we have 28 points to EJ Manuel? So EJ Manuel gets rid of the ball. Is he going to get to the guy? What about Kyle Orton? Because I say no on EJ. What
1: about Kyle Orton? I don't think Kyle Orton was that bad, but but we have I just didn't like seeing. Well, we Kyle, have 28 points.
0: I didn't. I don't like seeing Kyle Orton sack himself. Well, Sal Capaccio brought up a great point today on his, on his show, on uh, his uh, extra point show, and I was thinking about this last night and. We were texting about it and we started looking at oh, it. we yeah. started looking at numbers and you know, I really liked Chan Gailey's offense. I really thought his last year to second last year it was like I really liked what he did with the guys he had. And it's like you could have Ryan Fitzpatrick and put up mad touchdowns, and then you could have mad interceptions. Well, what's the difference between the two? I'd rather have Tyrod Taylor where there's such a gap because you know he's not giving the game away. At the same time, he's not pulling a trend inwards, Tyrod Taylor and running out of bounds and not throwing it up. He will throw it up. Clearly, he will throw it up. But some and, and, and if he's not, he's gonna to try to make the play himself on third down. But what I'm what I'm getting at here is the Bills haven't put up this many points since the nineties Bills. I forgot what exact year. Right. But I mean This yeah. is a lot of points. And and he did air it out. It a is couple two of different times. two different eras, though. I get it. True.
1: But no, I mean he aired it out a couple of times. He had a sixty-two yard pass to to Watkins. I mean there was there was a lot of room after that catch, but uh, and then you know twenty-five to Shady, like those are significant plays that we you know I get that people want to see more of them, but I'm not ready to press reset on the guy. That's for fucking sure.
0: Yeah, and when you really look at it, he's not getting going to get paid even they kept his contract as is he's not going to get paid that much money he's if everything works out i think he's number 17 overall pay scale wise as like a quarterback it? Yeah, yeah yeah
1: cap it. but
0: next year you got other guys that are going to get contracts and things are going to happen he's going to fall down the list so follow me here um It's like when they signed Aaron Williams and they gave him good money, I was like, man, isn't that a little high? But then it really kind of, when you project a few years out, it actually works out. Give it to him now. And at the same time, too, the bills could obviously adjust. But when you look at the ranking, it's the position that pays a lot. It's quote-unquote the passing league, what we're talking about. Right. I, I really think that I remember the Bills back in the day, Chan Gailey years, again, it's recent enough where people know about it and I was really into with contracts then. You look at a guy like Brad Smith, he was like the quarterback guy, quarterback three. He played um quarterback in college at uh I believe Missouri. Wait, I'm wrong. I don't know. I forgot. But uh, he was transformed into like a receiver utility guy when he was with the Jets. So the Bills picked him up for a second contract uh, from the Jets. He played with Rex Ryan, and you know he could do a lot of things. I like watching Brad Smith return kicks. I thought he was okay at receiver. I didn't mind him at all. I really liked him. He was interesting. I like those super athletes. But they paid four million dollars for a guy a year that wouldn't be on the field much. You had a guy in Tyler Thigpen that was the ba- that was the backup quarterback. <laughs> and that guy, Chan Gailey, actually put up some good stats on him in Kansas City. So I was psyched to have him there because he knows the system and there is a value to, hey, he knows the system. He's not going to screw up too bad. But Tyler Thigpen, when he had opportunities in a Bills uniform, absolutely was dog shit. And he was getting $4 million a year. So you got $8 million of dog shit there. And then no disrespect to the man because he will kill me probably, and he's a big dude, and he played hard, and his work ethic was second to none, one of the hardest players in the world. But Chris Kelsey was making a lot of money, and a lot of people for years wondering how he was in the starting rotation. The roster was that Yo, You're really
1: pushing your luck with this. You bring this up a lot.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, the only reason I – It's going to get back to him. Yeah, I remember tweeting Steve Johnson like, (laughs) <laughs> Tagging at WGR and Steve Johnson on Twitter like in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. I was like might have been 2010, 2011 I was like, how do you pay? Yeah, it was two thousand ten. I go, You're giving Chris Kelsey like all this money, there was like thirty six mil or something. Well, what they were giving, I'm sorry. They're giving him all this money, and he is not a difference maker. But you won't pay Steve Johnson? Steve Johnson sent me a tweet, or sent me a direct message like, woo at that tweet. And I was like, I actually took offense. I was like, oh, shit, maybe I'm talking too much. So I tweeted back, like, hey, man, didn't mean to offend you, but he never got back to me, of course, So I'm not that cool. But, like, in hindsight, I showed that DM to my friend Dave, and he's like, yo, that's a compliment. He's saying, like, damn straight. And players see it. This and that. What I'm getting at Wait, is... was it like a Ric Flair? Like, woo! Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude! Yeah, dude. Woo Yo, with never, that tweet. I never even... I, I never, never even heard that. this. Oh, no, no. It was for real.
1: This is news to me. I never heard this story. That, that was rules. up there
0: with tweeting Doug Flutie and telling him, hey, I really think you had a lot left in the tank. Wish you would have stayed with the Bills and yada, yada, yada. And he, and he quoted me and said, I felt the same way, too. Thank you. Or whatever. And I, and I was like... He's like, I love the Bills. Something like that. Um... But I'll I'll say the
1: Yo, you know what? This is this is like the Doug Flutie situation all over again with Tyrod Taylor. It kinda is. It's like that, that kid's movie, The Little Engine That Could or whatever. You know that you know what I mean? Like There's so much criticism around you know you know, there's so much similarities in the criticism around both those players.
0: I would just rather I would rather oh, give I'll the I would it, rather man. give the excess money to a guy who's going to be getting paid on average between number nineteen to twenty one next year at his position, which is again the average pay, okay, for that position with Tyrod, than give it to people who aren't difference makers. And if there's one thing that Doug Williams done different than with Buddy Nix is he's found veterans and guys who contribute right away, right away, and they are cheap. You should see Doosable. You should see Alexander. You know? Zach Brown. Zach Brown. Corey White. Corey White. Zach Brown was... was... Robert Blanton
1: before he went on the IR last week. Right. I mean, he's not a Hall of Fame safety, but he's he's a hitter.
0: I think he's not... He's a a hitter. He has... I I thought he had potential, but I got to say he hasn't shown up like I thought. Um, But I will say, overall... By I me, mean Corey Graham before
1: him. Uh-huh. Good Bakari, value. Bakari Rambo was a great value.
0: How do I sum it up? Indog Whaley, we trust. And you know what? Yeah, I, mean, I used to get mad at Jim. He rolled
1: the dice on Incognito. He got the Shady McCoy deal
0: done. Shoot. I look at it like this. That's accolades in my book. A lot of people used to get on Jim Overdorf, um, the finance, the finance dude. Oh, you know Jim Overdorf. He's a holdover from Rolf, and and when you have the whole mantra of Rolf is cheap, which I wish I was coherent in the early '90s and before to know how cheap. I mean, some players in the past have talked about it, but at the same time, it's like, um, really. Jim Overdorf, Doug Lee, we trust him. And not for nothing, Jim Overdorf has been getting it done. Like, getting these contracts done. Everybody's all worried about Darius. And the problem is, is people got to realize, the cap goes up. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know how much it goes up, but I thought it was $10 million a year, pretty much, with the CBA. And that takes the value of a quarterback that might have been making top 10 money. And then when the CBA goes up, it's really only ranked number fifteen or lower, you know, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's middle of the pack. Right. So I look at that ten million like, oh shoot, there's two other players that you could get for four million a year, and that's an impact player. If you're if you're paying a guy four million a year, I mean, in football money, that's good money. That's really good money in football money. I mean, depending on your position. If you're like an average dude, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, not like a like, starting
1: quarterback, right?
0: Right. So, it, I don't know. I I mean, again, we, we mentioned it. you had a Tyler Thigpen and Brad Smith make a four mil apiece, and it was back during the Chang years. You know what I mean? That was a lot of money. Yeah. And, and that was a different CBA as well. So, really, with Tyrod Taylor we have another W we are winning. We are winning. That's what matters. I'm not worried about playing accountant. It's not my money. And what I like to do is I like to trust people. If I know that I'm going to go to a job site and that everything is going to be in order, guess what? When he calls or she calls, I'm going to make sure that I call them back first over the other Joe Schmoes who want to have me sign a piece of paper saying I, I made a little more money from them than I did, and it's like, no, I'm not doing that. Or they don't have the job so they properly set up. No, moved onto to the front of the line. And with Doug Whaley, I trust him. With Jim Overdorf, I trust him. We got Marcel done. We got all the guys that they want to get done, done. I don't know about Gilmore. That's another topic in the offseason. We don't even need to talk about it. But the defensive backs in this game, by the way, Rex said they played all right and I'll be with him. He was he liked how the back end held up. So, yeah, I mean, we did all right. Blake Bortles did more running than he did passing, as far as I'm concerned, as far as damage. Yo, let's talk
1: about that for a second. Let's talk about this. Everyone wants to criticize Tyrod.
0: Blake Bortles was
1: 13 of 26 for 126 yards yesterday, all right? How many touchdowns? Two. Or we got Tyrod, 12 for 18, 166 yards, one touchdown through the air, one touchdown on the ground. Yo, I was getting mad, though. If I'm going to be honest, I I was mad seeing Blake Bortles break off those runs like that. Like, who do you think you are, dude? What? What? I think he had 81 rushing yards. Yeah, eight carries. He had a better day than Chris
0: Ivory. Oh, it was driving me nuts because I'm there and I'm like, all right, all right. No, 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 the coverage. the cover- no, Come on. And it's like, if I felt being at the game, a lot of times they really did only rush four. But I also saw some interesting stuff where uh, a Digbo went in there, a Digbo, where Dig, the new safety James, we call him. I can pronounce this name before the week's podcast. I swear. I say it out loud driving all the time like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. And now the lights are on, and I'm just shitting on my mouth. So there was – You want me
1: to turn the lights off?
0: By the way, can we we talk about the quarterback, Bortles? The secondary kept him in check. Yeah. You had Darby go out with a concussion. It looked like the Bills in the beginning of the game – We're just, like, unnecessarily just throwing dudes. Like, it it looked, I don't know how it looked on TV, but from the game and the the stands, it looked like um, somebody was making a tackle and took the receiver or whoever it was and threw him on top of Darby, like, slammed him, pretty much. I could be wrong. It was really far away. I don't think they showed the replay, but... Kinda of sucks that Darby went out, but then Corey White came in and Corey White does not turn around when it comes time to find the ball. Like I don't know what his deal was, but a fun fact I learned from Sal Capaccio at Sal Sports on Twitter um on WGR five fifty in Buffalo. Fun fact that Sal brought up was uh Corey White was actually getting a lot of reps at safety in practice. So then what that did. Snap. Right. So then with Keevan Seymour, Roby had opportunity again. And next thing you know. He came in there and
1: did his mm -hmm. thing, man.
0: He did the damn thing. Roby showed up. And I just felt like a lot of the big plays didn't happen to the Bills this time. And that was kind of cool. Like, Chris Ivory, their starting running back, who, who Rex Ryan was very familiar with with the Jets, he was busting out in the first quarter. I think he had 44 rushing yards in the first quarter alone. I was worried about that guy. I thought it was like Jay Ajayi. And Kyle Williams penetrated and missed the tackle. It And it kind of sucked. But... I was worried about that guy. I really was. I really was because I think I I, I think Chris Ivory could have kept running the rock for a while. And, and this Bills team could have kept running the rock through the first half because the second half of this Buffalo Bills team is a different story. It's been a different story the last few games, and next thing you know, the Bills put up a touchdown. After an awesome punt return from Brandon Tate, what a difference maker that kid is. Brandon Tate is awesome. So the Bills end up getting a touchdown before half. That was pretty rad. And then they come out with their typical adjustments, and the team just played better. But opening drive in the first and second half for the Jacksonville Jaguars, they took some time off the clock. And it was it was very reminiscent of... Uh, of of the Jaguars game last year, I was thinking, because when the Jaguars came out of the first half, or, yeah, came into the second half with possession last season, if anybody remembers the London game, I think they held onto the ball for, like, nine minutes, like a nine-minute drive. And there's something, I, I just felt like sitting in the stands that this Jacksonville-type offense is not really, especially with the good... If you can run the ball on, on any defense, you're going to have a long day. It, it's facts. But I thought, I was like, you know, I don't know about these guys. Really, like, this might not be a good matchup for this this Bills defense in the first half, I was thinking. I'm like, opening drive, their opening drive for the Jaguars was Eight minutes and fifteen seconds. Or or I'm sorry, six minutes and forty-five seconds on eleven plays. Six first downs. Six first downs. Yikes. You know, I it's and then so think about this. What's okay. amazing about this team, and I know I'm kind of jumping around the last ten minutes if you're following around. I'm just kind of throwing random things out there. What's amazing about this Bills team, and you want to talk about adjustments? This Bills team, that first half, the, the, the Bills offense or defense is on the field a lot. Like, a lot. And... That first half had
1: me ripping my hair out, man.
0: It, it was, was so, so frustrating. It was so frustrating. It was so frustrating. I couldn't... I, I couldn't handle it. it. It was driving me absolutely crazy. And... Jacksonville, their next drive was 2 minutes and 37 seconds. Okay. It was only 5 plays. Fine. But really, coming out of half, you're looking at another just soul sucker of 11 plays, 5 minutes, 21 seconds. Four first downs. Now, I'm not trying to be stat guy, spit things out. But right there, opening drives out out of each quarter or each half, I should say, there's 12 minutes. It just felt like, uh-oh, they better not be taking the air out of this ball like Jacksonville in London last year. And I got to be honest with you, my whole point of this is I'm growing pretty impatient with this bend-not-break defense that's been breaking. It's inconsistent. Again, we got the W. But it's really a frustrating game to watch when teams are converting so many third downs. How many times are they in third down? The Jacksonville Jaguars converted eight third downs out of 15. So a little bit more than a half. And to give you an idea, the Bills are five for 12, which is not good. No, not really. It It's almost like you think that, all right, they're on the ropes now. Next thing you know boom, this defense, let's get this, get this stop. No, it's some kind of Blake Bortles run. (laughs) Damn it. Like, you know, it, it was just, I just, again, I just felt like punching myself all game.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, again, I'm over here, like, arguing with my own, like, inside my own mind back and forth about it. It's like, yo, we won, but, you know, we're we're sloppy we're missing extra points but then by the same token we won and we were perfect in the red zone so like but then it's like oh look at the passing look at the passing numbers but we were perfect in the red zone you know like
0: to give you an idea though it's like as far as time of possession and control of a game i mean the possession for for the jags was 33 minutes and 35 yeah, seconds. So, and then mean, we, for the Bills, that's 26-25. That's well, not yeah, too obviously. bad. yeah,
1: obviously. It's a 3-minute it's a 35-second
0: difference. And No, it's more than that. Oh, no, no. I, I feel what you're saying. No, so, I don't. Well, no, no. I mean, like, you get what I mean. Fucking. It turned out better than I thought because that first half I was like, this Jacksonville team is going to hold on to the ball for a while. And Then I even forgot myself. Second half adjustments. Now they didn't really work. Second half adjustments because. Oh no! Drive, I'm sorry.
1: You're right. That's like a yeah. That's like a seven minute 10-second. second. First
0: yeah. the third quarter, they come out the Jags with a touchdown. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! But then we put up one more touchdown in the fourth quarter, and the Bills did a nice job, I thought, of converting that that two point conversion. I'm glad they went for two, even though I thought they should have went for two earlier. But if Chris Ivory wasn't hurt. I think this game was a different story and this team looked a lot better than two and eight. Like a lot better than two and eight. They were frustrating. They have a lot of pieces. But the Bills secondary and defense really limited their receivers. Blake Portals didn't throw for over two hundred yards at all.
1: No, no, not he didn't even make it to one fifty, one twenty six, you know, again to say that for like the third time, but he He kinda blew it, man, like had a couple you know, he had a couple nice passing plays, but ultimately, you know, he's connecting on fifty and people are over here bitching about Tyrod. Like, what?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And and, and Marquise Lee, six foot, two hundred pounds, twenty five years old. All right. That kid he led the team with four receptions. Thirty seven yards. They really kept this team in check. Yeah, I was worried about the receivers all day. I'm not sleeping on Hearn's. I'm not sleeping on Lee. Like no way, no way. And then y'all didn't. He ain't even in there much. Like just
1: yeah, he only had he was six just like carries. another was, running back, you know. He so, was, yeah, no, he was pretty much ineffective in every way, shape, and form.
0: It seemed like Denard Robinson started to try to get off at three yards of carry, but I don't know. Just going into this game, you're like they have a talented roster. They have a pretty talented roster. And when you really break it down, I don't know why this team has lost so many games. I really think that these teams... that Right, the, I
1: mean, their pass rush looks good.
0: Offensive line, first half, not good.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying.
0: What were your thoughts... On having Sammy Watkins back out there, like, how did you feel when you saw him after he caught that big bomb?
1: Yo, man, I was I was flipping out. I was I was home, rocking my white Sammy jersey. My little dude Hoya, he had on his blue Sammy jersey, and we had mad high fives and whatever, whatever, man. I'm pumped. I I've never been. I've never been one of these guys like, oh injuries. Ugh, gotta get rid of this guy. I'm so sick of these Bills fans trying to ship off all our players because of some injuries or whatever, whatever. You know, same thing with Darius, man. They're all out everyone's out here shitting on Darius. Dude comes in, has like he ties his career high for tackles. He had eight tackles, two sacks. Like the dude is for real, and that's without even playing. The full fourth quarter there, like he sat out part of the second half.
0: Went out, I believe, with an abdominal injury. Abdominal pain. Oh, okay. I don't know what the might have Mexican. Might have Mexican.
1: The details. The details are shaky,
0: but uh, the the cheese was bad.
1: No, Rex Rex made a comment on it and made it sound like you know he's had like an issue, and he noticed that you know he was having an issue. But, you know, he's been telling the training staff, like, hey, I can go. Hey, I can go. So I'm but, not going to tell that dude no. If that dude's trying to, like, go out and wreak some havoc, I'm not going to tell him no. What well, if he wreaks
0: havoc on me? He is so strong. He had one play where he just took the running back and just, like, slammed him, burst through, and just, like, grabbed him with an ar- with his left arm. And it was almost like he brought him backwards just to slam him on the way down. It was, like, Crazy. He just... I thought Marcel Darius played very angry. Like, oh, I'm did. sick of everybody's shit. Angry. I mean, Sammy out there. Ah, oh, Sammy Watkins, too. You know what they did for me? It, I, I thought it would open up a lot more things in the game. And it didn't. It didn't. I thought we'd see, again, more Charles Clay with Sammy out there. I think when we have more of a roster of weapons back you're going to see more Charles clay at the same time. People who know more than football than me say that the coverage that Jacksonville was throwing at the bills. It didn't leave the middle of the field open anyways. So really you have to take what they give you and Sammy Watkins and Justin Hunter, Justin Hunter making an, an amazing grab. And that's a guy who's known to drop the ball and he makes the amazing grab And it's like, that's why he was brought in here. Justin Hunter was brought in here to make that play. Sammy Watkins was brought in here to make that play that he did, bombing up the sideline. And Tyrod Taylor's throw was perfect at the same time. I don't think we're giving Sammy Watkins enough credit for naturally adjusting to it, making it look like he belonged there. You follow what I'm saying? Because he looked like he was in stride. And the ball looked like it. It just looked like a beautiful play. But I think Sammy did more than what the eye meets because that ball dropped right into him perfectly. And it's it's weird. I look at things like. Yo,
1: I mean, he did enough damage to reestablish himself as a threat every time he stepped onto the field.
0: That's what the Bills needed. Yeah. That's exactly what they need. That's going to open up the, the middle of the field. Right. What are they doing with Charles Clay? Well, Charles Clay, he only had two receptions, but he had a big block for Shady's touchdown run. That's something that I don't think you're getting with the Travis Kels out of Kansas City. You're not getting that with the Jimmy Graham in Seattle. You're Actually, he's
1: kind of reinvented himself. He's He's got some nice blocks going, going on this year, but... Uh... Their run game's still struggling, but he's—I mean, like like any competitor, I think when you hear those those rumblings, like "Oh, this guy can't do this. This guy can't do that," like you work on, it, you know. Like the the prime example is Tyrod throwing the ball over the middle of field. It's like everyone's like, "Oh, he can't do it. He just airs it out down the sidelines." Well, no. Then he comes out and that he starts doing it. You always want to silence your haters somehow, right? Success is the best revenge,
0: right? No, it's the complete truth. It's a complete truth, but I just look at things where what can we control in these situations? Well, Tyrod Taylor has played a bunch of games now as a starter, and you can tell that he does not turn the ball over. That's something to build off of. You have Sammy Watkins back. Yes, was he on a limit? Yes. He he really only played twenty five of fifty five snaps. So for you mathematicians out there, that's forty five percent of the time. Mathy magicians. When you're doing your when you're doing your homework on that, it, it did kind of suck. Like man, nothing even happened. He's got to come off the field. That's what I thought when I saw it. But let's work him in. Let's figure this out. Percy Harvin had a migraine. Kind of bummed me out. Cause I love the Percy. But to be honest with you. It doesn't matter. The Bills won two AFC games in a row. Look at these playoffs. Look at these teams playing each other. The Broncos lost to the Chiefs. The Raiders won against the Panthers. I mean, they keep winning. I don't care how these teams win. Are they winning? And the Bills just need to keep piling on the wins. They need to control their own destiny. And depending on help, I don't know, but I think that they can beat the Raiders. No doubt about it. They just need to play their game. They need to play sound. They need to run the ball well. Their pass off needs to get there. Their defensive backs need to cover. Because these guys have been doing it now. But what if it's the opposite? Like, what if the Jaguars game might have been a tougher game? You know, that could be crazy. That could be really crazy. Because that Jaguars team was pretty tough, I thought, for being a 2-8 team going into that game. And our stars showed up. LaShawn McCoy showed up. Yeah, he did not have a good average. I think he was under three yards a carry. I think it was like 2.9 yards a carry, I believe. 2.7 yards a carry, I believe. But without a 75-yard touchdown run, career long. So, Sammy Watkins, he only had three receptions. But he had a 62-yard bomb. You know, and I like that before that, they went to Sammy two times in a row So uh, previously. So it, it, it was kind of nice to see Sammy sort of get some, some of a groove. You have Marcel Darius in the game. He showed up. These are all three of these guys. Sammy healthy. You could argue as a Pro Bowl wide receiver. That's what we expect out of him. Sammy healthy. Marcel healthy. Lashawn McCoy healthy. That's pretty sweet. And that's what we had at this last game. And and those guys actually made a difference. They made a difference. Then you get a nice contribution for Justin Hunter. Catches the ball and he's not known to do that, but Tyrod put it where it needed to be.
1: No, that was which was like
0: on the seventh floor, as he calls it. That was an incredible play. I lost my shit. I couldn't believe that play. I could not believe that play. But what I'm getting at here is this defense, believe it or not, I think has improved in the back end. The set, the DBs are playing better. Yeah. Now, when we're watching the game as Bills fans, though, it's hard to think they're going to come out and win. But when I was watching... Yo, Darby rattled his dome, though. That's a thing. Yeah, but you got guys that are going to step up. I mean, Corey White, I don't know what to think. I I wonder if Corey White had the reps at cornerback if he would have been better than he was. But I think Seymour can go on the outside as well. So, Darby, best of luck to you, bud. I know you're listening. Yeah, why wouldn't you be? The team just needs to stay consistent. How, how do you keep yeah. going forward? You got to stay consistent. The Bills won in the AFC. The playoffs are alive and well. Believe it or not, they're alive and well. And... You gotta watch out for Miami. Miami and the Ravens are playing next. The Ravens need to beat Miami. Miami has gotten lucky the last two weeks. They they won last minute against the Rams and they won last minute against San Francisco. They're getting lucky. That luck Miami needs to do its thing which is usually sink into oblivion right about now. Yeah,
1: both those teams need to fuck off and die. That's not nice. I'm sorry. They
0: they really got to keep doing their thing of doing what they usually do, which is lose. And yeah, the, Bills, right? the, the Bills just need to hold it together. If you knock off Oakland and then you go ahead, the Steelers come to town, you knock off the Steelers, it's over. The Bills should be doing pretty good. I think the Bills could win out. Whether it happens or not, I'm not sure. I'll never forget the year the Bills beat Green Bay and then they lose to Oakland when Oakland was bad. So in hindsight... Keep winning. Five lead changes in the last game. Blake Bortles running around, drove me crazy. So many things that we can hang our hat on. But I think we just got to hold steady, keep winning. I don't care if it's going to be ugly, but it should get better. All the signs are there. Don't turn the ball over. Put up points. And that's the thing. is you scratch your head, you're like, well, Tyrod this, Tyrod that, this team this, this team that, and then... You have a win, but then you look at the point total of 28 and you're like, okay, I can't complain, you know? And oh, by the way, the Bills got lucky with the refs this game. This is a game where the refs finally got lucky for the Bills or the Bills got lucky with the refs, I should say.
1: Yeah. I mean, we kind of got, we might, we might have got our revenge for, for London. Which in case you don't remember was the phantom pass interference on Roby Coleman that cost us that game last year. Kinda some people seem to think it happened yesterday. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't see enough of the of the route on T V to know what was going on before the ball got there. All I know is it kinda looked like Sammy was trying to shake Dude loose before uh who was it? Gibson slid in and made a crazy catch on that. But the flag was already in the air, like when when that when the camera angle changed on the TV on the bro, on the broadcast, I already saw yellow coming in. You know what I mean? So,
0: I remember there was a there was a, there was a there off topic there was a, there was a play I think in the first quarter and like three flags. Oh came yeah, in. there was like, like three four flags. I was like, yo, I was. I started uh, yelling. I think they ran out of flags. <laughs>
1: like, yo, I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was messaging on Facebook with uh our boy Kyle thinking that always checks out our live show there we were We were talking back and forth throughout the game, and uh yeah, I made some like really really bad like golden shower joke about that
0: <laughs> mad yellow flags I don't think you would ever do that what make a bad joke about yellow flags and ping. golden showers water sports hey. Finally, if that is the case, I don't care because I, I had, I, we already had one game, Seattle, which was awful. And what made Seattle worse with the officiating was, uh, than, than, I should say not worse, but pretty bad for this year, like the worst this year. What made it bad is that it was on a national platform. It was on Monday Night Football. Everybody got to see that game. Everybody got to see that shit show from the refs. Everybody got to see it. So finally having national people talk about it kind of gave the, the Bills a lot more validation, I think, amongst national fans. Like the Bills could be a real team. Even Brian Billick today was on ESPN talking about teams and, or on NFL.com. And uh, he had this video, it was a video clip, and Tyra Taylor's on the cover of it, uh, of teams that could... Make it happen. And he's talking about Miami. But the Bills are coming in strong. Like, the Bills are really doing a thing. And Miami, hey, again, it's about winning. But I think that team is a threat. Their their quarterback is peaking. Their running game is, is solid, obviously, you know. And they're a legitimate threat. The Ravens need to knock off the Dolphins. They really need to knock off the Dolphins now they got to go into a spiral. The Bills need some help. And you know what? If the football guys haven't been helping the last few weeks, hey, maybe they're saving their favors for us. I really think the Bills are going to make the playoffs. I'm done here. You're a NumBills fan podcast. Find me on Twitter at NumBillsFan.
1: Don't <laughs> find me on Twitter at NumBillsAdamD. Yes. But do subscribe on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher or wherever else. Or just listen on our damn website, numbillsfan.com.
0: Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your sister. Tell your dog. Also, com At Punchrunk on Twitter. Shout out. Shout out. Way cool. Don't forget, San Tripoli will be on the next one. If you don't know about San Tripoli, go yeah, listen to Sports. And, wow, that's not a way to talk. Look. Billsforlife.com presents Wednesday, this Wednesday, please. This Wednesday, now, 7
1: p.m. Now there's a group that ain't a bitch.
0: Bills for Life, shout out. Shout out. This is the worst outro I've ever heard. Okay. Facebook.com, numb Bills fan. See you there at 7 p.m. And look for our next podcast with San Tripoli. And uh, this has been real. Keep it real, fam. See you. Cheers.